Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is John Sane here, one half of the Expansive podcast, doing our weekly uh, recording, uh, sitting in Cape Town. It's a beautiful day here today, and I'm joined by Eric, the author, speaker, <laughs> and Think Week host, Kruger, on the other side of the line in Joburg. What's happening there, Kruger? Hey, dude, I'm uh, doing so well. How are you? Yeah, I'm excellent. Thank you. Right after this, I'm going for a cycle in Captain Tight Pants' outfit. So I'm really excited about that. He's but been back in a big really way. Well, man. Listen, Captain Tight Pants has been rearing to go for many, many months, but his bicycle was stuck in Dubai and he wasn't able to get it here. And then eventually he bought another bicycle and then all of a sudden Captain Tight Pants has come alive. For anybody who doesn't know who Captain Tight Pants is, you don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> he is the guy who wears that ballerina outfit before he gets onto his bicycles. Definitely not me. And he's always, always taking selfies of it to make sure that we know. Only, only because the, Captain Tight Pants is a, he's eager for the world to know. He's just definitely not John Sarno. It's the, it's the alter ego. It's the alter ego. I get it. It is an alter ego. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to have an alter ego who likes to wear tight lycra in public as a guy. I mean, you, you, I don't, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. What else I mean, can you tell us about this guy? There? He sounds very interesting. He sounds yeah, more yeah, interesting yeah, than you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we just have Captain Tight Pants on the next episode? That sounds great. Let's actually interview Captain Tight Pants. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's happening with you, Eric? Uh, how's business? How's life? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm gearing up for four weeks of Think Week. Um, mm. Three on my own and then... Mm-hmm. You and you and I are doing a very special project together, um, which is going to be great. I don't. Know, I'm not sure when we can start talking about it, but it's it's something that we can I'm talk about it now. Can we? Why not? Why wouldn't be able to talk? About Do you want to tell us about it? So you have these uh, two big bodies around the world. One's called Entrepreneurs Organization, and the other one's called Young Presidents Association. Uh, it's joked often that. The Entrepreneurs Organization are the poorer cousins of Young Presidents Association. You have to do a million dollars a year turnover to be part of EO, and you have to do a $10 million a year turnover to be part of YPO. So you can imagine the YPO people have much bigger businesses and sometimes have legacy businesses from their families as well, and are running these very, very big organizations. And New York, like many cities around the world, has their own chapters, and we got booked for the New York YPO events yes. to do a resilience week for them. They hired us to do a resilience week. And because I'm such a good guy, I invited you, Eric, <laughs> to come and co-chair it with me and share a little bit of the money with you. No, no. So it's really exciting because we are working with some of the brightest minds out there, uh, helping them be more resilient, understand the term resilience. And what was funny is one of the members sent me and I, I think I shared it with you, Eric, that one of their last speakers was Magic Johnson mm, talking yeah. about uh, Black Lives Matter. And then here comes John and Eric from uh, Zoom in South Africa uh, doing a whole week on resilience with them. But it's exciting. You know, it's I think amazing. it's a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, it's a little bit nerve wracking because you're dealing with some serious players. But, uh, you know, once we're in our flow, I think uh, it'll be a good thing and uh, really exciting to be working with the smartest people in one of the major cities in the world. Mm. And, and I mean, New York's going through a, a lot of um, change at the moment itself as, as a city. I think change is a very politically correct way. It's going down the toilet. Yes. Jeez, it's, it's yeah. dying. Mm. It's dying mm. right in front of our eyes. It's unbelievable. Shops are closed up. People are leaving. There's more apartments for rent than ever before. Rents are being slashed by 40%. But look, I don't think it's a New York thing. I was looking at apartments in Dubai, and they're half price. Mm. In fact, 
they're like cheaper sometimes than an apartment in Cape Town. And, and Dubai was four times more expensive. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a city thing. You know, people are de-urbanizing. Mm. So it is going to happen to many cities around the world. Mm. So today, yes, we are talking about something called instant evolution, mm. a term that you came up with and wrote a ebook at the beginning of COVID with. And I love the concept of instant um, evolution because it's obviously describing a situation where you have no choice but to evolve. And guess what? COVID-19 brought the future ahead 10 years too quickly. And all of a sudden, all of us had to now evolve mm. at a rate that many people are uncomfortable with, including you and me. But let's unpack this idea of instant evolution. I love it. Uh, so kick it, kick it, Eric. Yeah. So I think you nailed it on the head that, um, you know, evolution is this slow process typically that's sort of dragging along. And in many ways, it's, it's kind of okay for us to evolve slowly over time, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month to go through this process. But obviously, like you said, with lockdown, um, what was kind of driven home for me, especially during our sessions together, was that there wasn't time for evolution to take its time. It had to happen now. Like you had to go through this instant yeah. uh, evolution. And one of the stories that I start the book off with is the, the story about you know, patients in ICU having had heart attacks. Have I told you the story before? No, go ahead. So, you know, when I was still a physio, for many years I worked in intensive care units. Um, <laughs> that's the story. And... Yeah. What we often saw is patients come in who had a heart attack and two types of patients typically emerged. The one type of patient would get into ICU and while still tethered to machines and to drips, they'd say to us, please take us outside for a smoke. And mm. so irrespective of this big trauma that happened in their lives, they were not willing to mm. make a change. Mm. Then the second type of patient went through what I would call an instant evolution. So that overnight, mm. they overhauled their entire lifestyle. They deepened mm. bonds with family and friends. They would uh, commit to cleaner living, to exercise. And what it made me realize was that change is really available to us immediately. Like you can listen to this podcast today, and by the time you're done with it, you can instantly change your mindset. You can instantly change a behavior. The only thing is, you have to choose that change again tomorrow and the day after that mm. and the day after that. Mm. But change mm. can happen like this. So I think we put mm. too much emphasis on the idea that change is very difficult. It can happen very quickly. It's just about the discipline to keep choosing change. And so mm. in, the, in writing the book then, I said, well, what are, some, what are some of the ideas that I think can help people undergo an instant evolution? And the reason I said we should do this again today, talk about the book, because I think we probably did in the early days. Mm, it's because yeah. I wanted us to use it really as a filter for saying, we spoke about these ideas very early on during lockdown. Now it's mm. five months later. How have mm. we applied these ideas and how have they mm. impacted us? Because back mm. then when we, when we wrote and spoke about these things, it was mainly from research and experience, but we've never experienced something like this, right? But, yeah, but yeah. now we've actually been able to apply many of these concepts and ideas. So that's right. the, the filter that I want people to, to take for today is we'll speak about the ideas in terms of how we have practically implemented them for us mm. and how it's mm. helped us to adapt during this time. So the very I think first, it's a fantastic, yeah, I think yeah. it's a fantastic topic to look ahead and look at the past. Mm. And this is what we're doing here is we're filtering forward and backwards. 
And so we're at the intersection of the future, the past, and the now all at one time. Mm. And actually, in my new book, I've got a line that says, do you want to build a timeless perspective? Spend time at the intersection of yesterday, today, and tomorrow mm. more mm. so that you have more of a powerful perspective of what you want to drive into your future self. So, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great way to filter. So, yeah, go ahead. So what I'll do is I'll take us through one of them at a time. And if we don't get to all of them, then we'll maybe roll over to a next episode as well. But sure. the very first idea was from pit stop to detour. And this was really like a, a thing that you said in the early days that uh, fundamentally changed my approach moving forward from that day. Because I remember we were having, I don't remember the content of the conversation, but I remember that at one moment you said, I'm acting like things are never going back like it was before. Yes. And it was just like, it was that one moment that made me realize that I've been in a holding pattern that I, I wasn't moving on yet, that, you know, we all have this vision for the future and we are so mm. tied to it. And it mm. makes sense. I mean, you sit down every single day, you go through it over and over. Like, I, I'm, it's on my screen, it's on the back of my phone. Mm. Like, that's your vision for the future. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. And mm. just before lockdown, I went to Zambia. Like, it was like this small leap that was saying, cool, now you are starting to do international speaking, you're traveling mm, for it, mm. you're getting paid for that. And then all Don't of a sudden... you also proposed. You also proposed that your wife's going to be upset. For sure. Well, she's in my slide up, deck right? here. She's in my slide deck. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, so it was, this, it was this perfect moment in time. And then at the same time, before we flew back, they were saying, well, we're canceling all the events. Mm. And... When you said that, I was just, it was just such an awareness for me that mm. I've kind of been tethered to the past and I was just hoping that things would go back to normal. Like that within three months or six mm. months, we'd be back on stage. And it's now mm. five months later. And I don't know about you, mm. but we're probably only on stage six months from now. You know? Yeah. I don't know what, you, what, yeah. what are your thoughts around that? Well, I've been in a studio stage. Yeah. But not that's real really people. Count. And also, they've just opened up to 50 people here in South Africa. And I think in Dubai, they've also started mm. opening up at smaller crowds. So I was actually thinking of doing my book. I know this is off topic, but I was going to do my book launches like four in a city, mm. like 50, 50, 50, 50, you know? Spread um, the COVID around. So you are, like, uh, spread the COVID around nicely. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, 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 equally, equally amongst equally. people. <laughs> yeah, equally. It's all about uh, um, interiority. Everybody's equal. Everybody's equal. Okay, so... Look, I think the concept there you're talking about, which I call burn your ships, is this whole idea of like accepting the fact that it's happened mm. and you can't go back. And it's just the idea of mourning your future memories, the, the denial and bargaining that we get caught up in um, is what you're starting off mm. with, actually. Yeah. What but did you call it? Did you call it a re... What from, did you say I when said you from pit stop to detour. That's it. That's yeah. Because ultimately, that's the thing. It's like you... Uh, uh, I'm not sure how many people are still in the pit stop at this stage, five months later. But I know that the guys who accepted the detour and committed to that early on have really accelerated. And I know for myself, I feel like my career in many ways have accelerated at least by a year or so. Just because of the stages that we are getting onto because of things being digital and, and feeling a bit more equal. Look, I think it just depends on, one, did your business really take a tumble over COVID? And if it didn't, why would you want to pivot? I mean, mm. just carry on doing what you're doing. And I also think that organizations that had enough cash flow to carry on paying salaries and, and actually did okay through this process also didn't really need to. 
I think it's more the entrepreneurs and I think it's also the people that were affected heavily like you and I were um, that have really made the major changes. But the truth is the repercussions and the domino effects of everything that's happened around the world will affect everybody eventually in different degrees. And I think you and I just were affected quite deeply. I mean, because it's eventing, right? I mean, we're, yeah. the, we're the talent for the shows and then all of a sudden the shows were taken. So yes, I think some people are still in that holding pattern because they never needed to get out of it. And guess mm. what? You and I should have always been doing what we're doing right now, but we never got out of it. Why? Because we're in a holding pattern of success in our careers as speakers. So it really just forced us to develop these new businesses and these new types and also still eager to get back onto stage. You know, mm. we miss it. How did you, how did you let go of the past? How did you reformulate a new vision for the future? Have you? It's a great question. You know, I, I discussed it this morning with my team actually. And also it came up for me when I did a EO uh, talk for New York for Yossi, uh, my friend there. And the guy said to me, he says, you know, and this was about two months ago, right? He was saying, you know, for the very first time in my life, I've got nothing to look forward to. He says, I don't know where I'm going on holiday. I don't know. Like, I've got nothing to, like, like nothing to, you know, I'm, I live a very good lifestyle, but I've just got nothing to look forward to. He says, what do you suggest? And I said to him, I said, it's a great question because I also, you know, like my, the physical manifestations of my intentions had gone because I, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do anymore. And so I started changing those mindsets or mind movies or projections and intentions into feelings, not things or mm. not situations. And so the emotion that I want to bring about is this one of affluence, one of seamlessness or fluidity, of influence, of calmness and elegance. And so when I am doing my meditations, I move away from the mind movie per se and towards an emotional movie. Mm. And it's really, it's really paid off because on a financial level, I'm really starting to get momentum in a very affluent way, not doing the idea of being on stage and having a standing ovation and then moving in the airport and being in that business class lounge, which has always been just a dream of mine because I've got a poor background. But all of those got taken away. But the idea of affluence uh, hasn't. Mm. I like that. What, what, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's okay. really good. Um, okay. Don't you feel that there's also been excitement for you? Because obviously, you know, letting go of the past. So for both of us, like we, I think we're fortunate in that our business has translated very well to online anyway. You know, that speaking online, like it's, it's not like the biggest pivot in the world, right? To go from webinar, from stage to webinar. Like it's not the biggest pivot. Well, um, well, look, I think the, the big pivot is that people don't have the budgets for it like they used to. Yeah, yeah, that's the pivot. Sure. Like, yeah, you can still do it, but just the, the companies are mm. doing less of it. But I mean, like, yeah. you're, not, you're not a hairdresser that had to figure out yeah. a, an innovative new yeah. way to deliver a service or yeah, to yeah, do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then both of us created new avenues because we were able to kind of say, okay, that's we're pushing the, the past to the side, the vision of the future for, to the side for now. We're focusing on, on bringing new things to the markets and new expressions of the work that we love to do. Um, and because of that, you start creating a new vision that is exciting again, right? Like that, that even though the big vision might be better translated into an emotion, the smaller vision um, can become a bit more concrete and practical. Like I know I want to put 500 people through Think Week before the year is done. And at the pace I'm going by aren't September… Aren't you done that already? Yeah. Well, I've, I'm, I'm close to 400 it. by the end of September. Wow. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So, so. So there's been a, a new vision for the future for me that's been birthed around that. Um, mm. Even though 
some of the bigger visions are still a bit obscure. But mm. kind of the point here with the first one is that it's really important to either burn your ships or to get to the point where you are okay to let go so that you can start the transition and the transformation mm. phase into something new. That we have to acknowledge yeah. that something is ending. Look, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and the term that I've been using in my talks uh, is you have to feel sad to get to a strange place to begin the next adventure. Mm. And this is what's happened to us. You know, it was sad to let go of those things, you know. It was sad to let go of all those events that had already been booked and planned and sad. Sad for me to move back from Dubai. I was living my life sad. But then I had to go into a strange environment. You know, you did my first masterclass with me. Have no idea what the hell you're doing on Zoom. You're trying to manage sound and slides. And I mean, I was sweating at the end of it and I did a terrible job. And that was strange and exhausting, you know. Mm. But now that I've gone through sad, strange and exhausting, now I'm in a new adventure. Mm. And so, you know, it's an emotional process that you need to go through. And some people, not some people, I think most human beings do everything they can to avoid sad. Mm. Take more drugs, take a Prozac, drink a bottle of wine, go for a run. Don't be sad. Just never be yeah. sad. But I think it's good to sit with the sadness and then okay with becoming uh, a, a, a sort of person in no man's land. That's also okay. It's okay yeah. to be in a strange place and be exhausted by it. But I think both of us, you and I, have definitely got the momentum behind our adventures now. Because again, you know, things are starting to move again and they're starting to flow again and we've redesigned our businesses and our business models and yeah, so we're in adventure at the moment. But everybody needs to become okay with strange and sad. Mm. That's, that's okay. Mm. Um, a quote that I read recently said, letting go is painful, but being free is beautiful. Mm. Yo, that's beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, okay, what's point two? Um, so the question here is, what do you need to let go of, right? Because um, I'm also, by the way, I'm just taking you guys through my, my slideshow on the side here. So the second one, um, and maybe we'll just then wrap with this, is from porting to unique approach. And what was really happening for me when I wrote this part was that um, I, was, I was mainly seeing organizations trying to take everything they were doing offline and just port it online. So like almost just copy paste to online. So, you know, we, we're going remote in our business, but you're not really because you still have the same office hours. You still run meetings in the same kind of way. Um, you still treat, um, time as more important than productivity or output, you know? So like you weren't really adapting to the medium. You were just copying and pasting from online. And where this was driven home for me is I was doing a lot of team coaching early on, like, all my events got canceled, but my team coaching just went online. And I got off each of those sessions saying to myself, it's just not the same. And I realized that the, what I was doing was I was just every time comparing it to the offline counterpart. And actually just before that, you know, just before we went into lockdown, um, I did one last facilitation and it was just so energizing to be in the room with a bunch of people. And like we're going through the process of we're speaking about how to be dangerous so I had this very vivid memory to compare it to. And I was, I was just going, well, it's just not the same. And then one day it, I realized that, you know, of course, it's, of course it's not the same, but it's also not supposed to be the same. Like when you enter into a new medium, it opens up new possibility and new ways of experimenting and, and trying and being in this online world. And so 
that's actually, that was a big part of Think Week was like, okay, you don't like facilitations. Well, what about if you, instead of doing one long facilitation, you break it down into multiple, like smaller facilitations? Um, what if instead of that being one day, you do it over a couple of days? And so this, it's just not the same became the resistance point that I said, if I lean into this, I know that's where growth will come from for me. No, I think this? You, you, you can summarize that into it's not supposed to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's not supposed to be. And I love that. You know, I think the people that are getting it wrong right now on Netflix, Netflix have taken the world's biggest DVD store and put it online. Mm. And, you know, we all thought we want a choice, but my God, there's too much choice. So what do we do? We get on, try four things and get irritated and get off. Mm. And it's exactly that. It's like we need to utilize the new mediums to determine how we give our service. And I speak about this option, this, this idea on Spotify quite a lot is that Spotify changed the way we listen to music and the way people write music. Because now when you listen to Spotify, you hardly ever listen to a musician or an album. You listen to a genre. Mm. That's the first thing. Second thing, People who put music on, on Instagram only get paid after you've listened to it for 30 seconds, which means that people change their music to now have the jingle before 30 seconds. So people who are doing really well in Spotify aren't necessarily the people that did really well in musician, uh, were musicians before, but people who understood that the new medium had to change the way they write music, the way they share music. It's not about your album. It's really about the genre that you play in, blah, 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 all those sort of mm. things. So, yes, I agree with you. You know, it's like I, that's why I stopped using slides um, in my talks. I now do conversations because slides are boring when you're having a keynote mm. in a webinar format. And I've also changed the way I price things because I don't have to travel anymore. Uh, people might have smaller budgets to a certain extent. So I also give them the leeway of a pre-COVID and post-COVID pricing structure. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's really great that um, you've put words to it because that's exactly that is you can't take a linear business model and digitize it. You can't take a clothing store and put it online. That is a pointless exercise. Mm. In fact, there's more, more competition online there is in your shopping center. So why would you want to do that? And I was listening to a podcast. In fact, I'll start listening to the after this podcast about the lady who started Stitch Fix, that clothing company that um, designs your outfit for you and sends them to you. And she's like, look, this is going to be the winner of everything in the future. But because why wouldn't you want an intelligent suggestion to where you must go on holiday, an intelligent suggestion into what you must wear? And it's feedback and interactive, you know. So um, it goes across all platforms is that people want to take their linear business models and make them online. Mm. And it just mm. it hardly ever works. I mean, Netflix was the poster child for tech superiority for so mm. many years. And then all of a sudden now it's like, Come on, do us a favor. There's too much there. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think what's important with this, with this point, so like if you look at offline and online, I think one of the important parts here is that practically speaking, um, they're going to look different and they're supposed to look different. So that's, that's the one part. And it's like, I mean, it's been challenging to figure it out, you know. Uh, uh, it's like it, it's such a – it's such an intense world and there are so many technical components to it. And so it, it really makes sense to get people involved who will help you figure this out. Um, but the second thing that I think is actually more important for me here from a personal point of view is that you have to find the areas where you are saying it's just not the same because mm -hmm. that is your block. Like that's where you are stopping because you run into this. You go, it's just not the same and it deflates mm -hmm. you. It takes away your creativity mm -hmm. and your energy. 
And if you go wow, through that. that's profound. Yeah, yeah. That's where you'll find like the next thing. That's where you'll find growth. Wow, that is just like so good. Like everywhere where you find yourself saying it's just not the same, you've lost out mm. because you're still expecting things to be old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Mm. Oh wow, that's fantastic. That's a good point to leave on actually. Mm. So that's your that's your that's your gift challenge. The gift behind the challenge of every time you say that's not the same, that's your gift to work yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Well done. That's a great one. Good. Instant evolution. Yes. Guys, if you like this podcast, please share it. Uh, if you know anybody that could do with hearing something like this, please share it with them. We always appreciate that. Please leave us a comment. Give us a star rating of six out of five. <laughs> I know it's tough to do that, but do your best. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening and uh, being on this journey with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao.